paired up against each other. Someone who is intrinsically motivated and a team that's intrinsically motivated is going to outperform a team that is externally motivated every day of the week. Because the external motivators can only go so far to drive someone's performance. Eventually, they're going to run out of gas. They're going to run out of steam. If the motivators go away, there's nothing for them to pull them forward. Welcome to the Best Self-Management Podcast. I'm David Hassel. And I'm Shane Metcalf. Me and David have been working together along with our co-founder, Nazar, and all the amazing other people that are a part of 15.5 for the last seven years. And we are not the same people that we were seven years ago. One of the things we're a big stand for is like, how do we actually embrace the whole person and understand that can we support someone in thriving in their whole life? And if we do, then they're probably going to contribute more at work. Your mission is to attract the best talent, retain your high performers, and maximize everyone's potential. Welcome back to this episode of the Best Self-Management Podcast. I'm David Hassel. I'm Shane Metcalf. And this week, we are going to be talking about the second pillar of best self-management, namely motivation, which include things like the science behind intrinsic motivation versus external motivators, things like goal setting and the experience of flow and people's connection to purpose and, and the like. Yeah, fundamentally, why we do something influences how we do it. And if you want to build a high-performing organization where the culture is thriving and people are on a journey of doing the best work of their life, you need to understand motivation. You need to get the reasons that people are in your company and the reasons that they're staying in your company aligned with the intrinsic motivations of that individual. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think as we started to build the company, there were a number of influences, a number of uh, things I was influenced by and turned on to some of these ideas to, to come to a conclusion that intrinsic motivation was far more powerful than trying to create things like carrot and stick reward and punishment situations that would drive people to do things. And how do, how do we create an environment where, you know, not just myself, not just for myself, where I felt intrinsically motivated to wake up in the morning and and do the work, but that we create that experience for everyone because I felt like, A, it would be more inherently fulfilling for everybody who worked at 15.5 to have that experience, and we'd get a, a much greater quality of of work product. And as a result, you know, it became one of these things that we orient around in best self-management, around how do we create the conditions where people feel really intrinsically motivated to do the work that they're doing. Well, so David, I'd actually like to go a little deeper and get this, get a little personal here of understanding why are you doing what you're doing? You know, why did you decide to become an entrepreneur? Why did you decide to start 15.5? You know, what's underneath that and how has that changed over time? How do you, you know, year after year continue to find the, the deeper inspiration that is driving the process of, you know, pushing this boulder up a hill because building a company is no small feat. It's definitely uh, a somewhat insane path to pursue. So why are you doing this? You know, for me, I think it's really been an iterative process of learning throughout my life and my career about what actually works for me. I initially left corporate America to start my first company in 1999 because I, I was seeking something more than what I was experiencing at work. I worked for a big consulting company out of college, and the work itself wasn't very inspiring. There wasn't there wasn't this uh, connection to purpose that I think I was longing for. I was looking to kind of create my own path and and chart my own course. 
And in that process, you know, I discovered some things for myself. I discovered for me that, you know, just chasing money and trying to build something for profit without a deeper purpose wasn't fulfilling enough for me to keep me engaged. And my first company was about that. I also learned along the way that just doing something that, you know, I was passionate about but didn't have a profit potential also didn't work. And so, you know, when I met Simon Sinek in 2008 or 2009, a little bit before his now famous TED Talk, uh, his message about why really inspired me because I realized there was a possibility of doing meaningful work, right, where the work itself would be fulfilling and that it wasn't just about the end result. And that also in the process, you could create wildly successful organizations. And it, and it started to shift my thinking from this idea where I felt like to have this sense of intrinsic motivation, you had to leave and go do your own thing. And so that was just reserved for founders. And that employees were always going to be relegated to, you know, having a subpar work experience, to coming up and, you know, with this, this idea that, no, this could actually be the possibility for everybody if you created an opportunity for everybody to be connected to some sense of purpose. I think it's really interesting that you were saying that it wasn't until hearing Simon Sinek's message that the light bulb went off that that was even possible. Right. And so I think that it's really interesting because, again, this idea that we, most people don't realize their full potential because they don't know what their full potential is. And so most people aren't actually operating from their intrinsic motivations and are kind of going about their life using extrinsic motivators and people are using extrinsic motivators to get other people to be motivated because they aren't aware that there's actually a better way of doing it, that there is another way of approaching life that is about the intrinsic motivations. And so it really, it seems like for you, it was actually awareness of a better way. Exactly. Was the beginning of thinking about how do we build a company that's actually rooted in my deeper purpose as a human. Yes, exactly. And, and I'll often say that, you know, paired up against each other, someone who is intrinsically motivated and a team that's intrinsically motivated is going to outperform a team that is externally motivated every day of the week, right? Because the external motivators can only go so far to drive someone's performance. Eventually, they're going to run out of gas. They're going to run out of steam. If the motivators the motivators go away, there's nothing for them to pull them forward. But, you know, what we're trying to create is this is this experience where every day somebody wakes up and says, wow, I'm, I'm excited to go to work. I'm excited to use my gifts and my strengths in uh, service of some larger thing and working together to create this thing. And that the the fulfillment doesn't come from the paycheck or the end result or the goal you reach five years from now. The fulfillment comes from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And so let's break down what, you know, what what do we actually mean by intrinsic and extrinsic motivations? Because I think it can be really useful to, to really point to what does this actually mean? So, you know, there's, there's a great book called Prime to Perform, and I forget the author's names, um, but a phenomenal book. And in it, they they make a really simple explanation where they say the intrinsic motivators are play, purpose, and potential. Extrinsic motivators are economic pressure, emotional pressure, and inertia. And that the farther you go towards inertia, the lower your performance actually will be. And the closer you get to play, the higher performance will be. And, and they actually make the distinction between technical performance, which is 
You know, you have to make 50 calls a day. And so technical performance is following the script and making those 50 calls a day. Extrinsic motivation is actually pretty good at technical performance. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. You know, you you can create economic and emotional pressure and say, if you don't make those 50 calls today, I'm going to fire you or you're not going to hit quota and so you're not going to make money. And so, okay, cool, well, I'll, I'll dial 50 times. But adaptive performance versus technical performance is if you're making those 50 calls a day, but it's not actually getting the end result that you want, then you become creative and you change your approach and you try different things and you take some risks to see about getting the better end result. And that's adaptive performance. And adaptive performance actually goes up with intrinsic motivation. If you're doing it just because you absolutely love the experience of calling and it seems like it's play, you're going to have the highest performance. And then if it's potential, well, geez, if if I make these 50 calls and if I connect with one person and I help them become their best self, then that is going to be worth it, the potential of that or the purpose of that. And then the potential of if I make 50 calls a day and I adapt my performance and I learn, I'm going to become a better salesperson. I'm going to learn and grow in that process. And so I'm doing it for both my own potential, but also to help uh, uh, you know, the potential of the person that I could be helping. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And Prime Biff Reform was written by Neil Doshi and Lindsay McGregor. We'll include that in the show notes. Uh, you know, this maps exactly to what Dan Pink talks about in the book Drive. He found very similar thing, that the concept of technical performance, he had a different language for it, but it was, it was more of this idea that if you're incentivizing someone to do something that's very rote and mechanical, right? Like putting together widgets. They found that the external motivators did have right, a the, positive the, the impact. The technical performance. <clears throat> That's technical performance, right, exactly. And that, you know, exactly the same thing. And Dan Pink also, uh, I think, turned me on to the idea of, you know, that there was a, a methodology and a way to create intrinsic motivation in organizations or with people and that there's, there's a roadmap to it. Uh, so a lot of people are familiar with his book Drive, where he talks about how there are three elements, autonomy, mastery, and purpose, as the things that he was able to point to that were backed in some prior scientific study. Yeah, so, so it's, it's cool because these, these researchers have been showing that intrinsic motivation is a more powerful way to live. You are going to be having more energy. You're going to wake up in the morning not dreading work. You're going to actually be excited to go to work. And what's interesting is that, you know, the the science is really clear on this, but most organizations are really uh, slacking in terms of implementing it and putting this into practice. And so that's what we really are, are championing is saying, take advantage of this. You know, we don't have the excuse of ignorance of not knowing how to motivate people. We actually know that there's some really clear formulas for creating strong motivation. And so... The best companies that we see doing this, you really need to start with a clear purpose. You need to have an understandable and relatable mission of how you are going to actually improve the world. You know, I mean, this is Simon Sinek's work. Start with why. Exactly. Having that clear why uh, that you, you as a company exist for a reason more than just making money. And that you use that vision to then inspire people saying, yes, I want to participate. That is the vision of, a, of the world that I want to help realize. 
And that alone is going to start building a stronger identity of your people of saying, yes, that inspires me to get out of bed and gives me purpose in my day-to-day activities. Exactly. And I think that the, um, you know, having that sense of purpose, that is one of the pillars that, you know, a variety of people who've, who've studied motivation have pointed to as one of the key elements. As I mentioned before, Dan Pink talked about autonomy, mastery, and purpose. You know, Simon Sinek's work around why connects to that purpose. Rosabeth Moss Cantor out of, out of Harvard, you know, she looked at the research and said that it came down to three things, mastery, membership, and meaning. Well, it's interesting, those map pretty, pretty well together, meaning to purpose and mastery to mastery in, in Dan Pink's model. And is membership uh, more like belonging? It is. It's more belonging. And when you put together Rosabeth's work and Dan Pink's work, what we get is what we often call the intrinsic motivation ramp. So it's the autonomy, mastery, and purpose, AMP, from Dan Pink, but we add relatedness at the start and basically say, if you create an environment where people are connected to one another, they're related, there's that sense of membership, right? You give people a sense of autonomy, you know, you give them outcomes to focus on, but you let them figure out the way with support, right? They feel like they can use their own strengths the way that they want to use them, they have a connection to this, uh, this sense of mastery. They're learning, they're growing, they're developing, they're, they're able to continue to hone their craft, and they're connected to that higher purpose. That's the magic formula that we've found. When you engineer that in people's role and in the cultures, you create the highest possibility and conditions for someone to be intrinsically motivated. It's not a guarantee, but that's kind of the fertile soil that leads to an environment where people are most likely intrinsically motivated. And the results are, you know, drastically different than in environments where it's the opposite. Okay, so let's talk about how do we actually do this? How do you implement getting people tapped into intrinsic motivation inside of a company? What have, what have we done in 15.5 that has resulted in people being intrinsically motivated to do great at their job? Yeah, I actually like think about it from, you know, if you think about ramp, relatedness, autonomy, mastery, and purpose, but implement it backwards, it starts with the purpose piece. It starts with why, right? As and so, okay, so 15.5, our purpose is to create the space for people to become their best selves. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that we talk about over and over. You know, we we continue to repeat that on a regular basis. Somebody once said that you should almost be a caricature of yourself that you're repeating it so often. Right. And tying all the work and the results to that. You know, one of our new employees, for example, asked me what I felt was, uh, you know, we did a, a, a meet and greet and I got to share our vision and values and what we're focused on this next 18 months. And she asked, you know, what's your proudest accomplishment, you know, so far in this eight years of the history in the company? And I thought about it for a moment and I said, you know, I, I said the thing I'm most proud about is not any one thing, but it's the feedback that, it, that I get continually about how this company has positively impacted people's lives. The high fives that come through in the feed that say, wow, I'm a different person now for having worked at this organization. Because it is the result of having the purpose and living the purpose, and and that's what we get to see. It comes back to that why. You know, all of the things that we do, the reason we're doing this podcast, right, is because we want to support people in being and becoming their best selves, and we want to spread the message of best self-management. Everything ties back to that purpose, and uh, there's there's not a person in the company who doesn't have a sense of what that is. And our job is to continue to draw a connection. You know, if someone's a billing specialist and they're following up on past due accounts, like in isolation, that might 
you know, feel very disconnected from some larger purpose. But, you know, our job is to make sure that everyone realizes that their role is critical in us fulfilling that broader mission. By the way, if you believe in what we're doing here and you want to help us spread this movement, we'd really appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes or on Google Play. It's going to help us uh, get more visibility for the podcast and grow the movement. You know, and it's interesting because, you know, eight years into building this company, I think that you would agree with me on this, but I, I personally feel more motivated now than I was eight years ago. You know, more connected to the purpose, more connected to the potential of what this can become. And it's hearing that kind of feedback from our people that then it contributes to that of like, wow, this is so cool. And oh my God, that's how else can we get this out to the world? All right, let's start a podcast. And so even in this moment, why we're doing this podcast is connected to the intrinsic motivation for us to help create the space for people to become their best selves. Exactly. And so that's how you can start to see you know, motivation bleeds into everything we do. You know, we have motivations for why we're in relationships, for why we're, uh, you know, watching the television shows we're listening to, we're, we're watching, why we listen to podcasts, why we read the books that we read, why we choose the modes of public, of transportation that we choose. You know, everything is connected to the motivation underneath it. And, you know, that has me think about, you know, as, as you're, choosing what to focus on in your life. I took a lot of time between the last company I had started and was running and starting 15.5 because I realized from my experience that when you get involved in a project and you go and create something in the world, if you have any degree of success, you're probably going to be at it for five or 10 years, right? And you don't get a lot of decades in your life, right? And so I want to be very careful that what I was going to invest in was going to be fulfilling along the way and I think as people are making this choice, you have a choice to decide, am I going to align with something that I really believe in? Is the purpose going to match something I feel inspired by? Because you then have an opportunity to be inspired every day or not based on that decision about what you're going to pursue. Well, then I think that, you know, that, that you've shared with me that you have a reminder on your phone that pops up every day that says, correct me if I get this wrong, but that something to the effect of everyone you love is going to die. It's not exactly that phraseology, um, but yeah, it is a reminder about that. Well, what, what is the specific um, phrasing? Well, the specific phrasing is, uh, you and everyone you know will die. Yeah, you and everyone <laughs> you know will die. It sounds very harsh, but, die. but the reminder is not, I, I don't read it that Jeez, way. David, that's so dark. <laughs> <laughs> it's very dark. If you take it as the way it's written, but it's a reminder for me to stop and pause and say, wow, you know, this doesn't go on forever, right? And I really want to cherish the moments because I think... Death is a tough thing, and I haven't, I haven't done all the work to really em meditate and embrace on it to the degree that I think is possible, but I, I think that it's important to remember that because I, I think just by default, we tend to deny that it's, it's going to happen. I think a lot of us are living as if we're, you know, we have every, you know... We have, uh, we have unlimited We have decades. unlimited time. We have unlimited decades, and we're going to live forever. And I think the risk there is that we take moments for granted. And I don't want to take moments for granted. I don't want to take my relationships for granted. I don't want to feel necessarily... It doesn't create a sense of pressure for me, but it does create a sense of um, connectedness and meaning in the moment, not to waste... Yeah, I mean, I mean how I interpret have. that is that it, it, it fuels your motivation to not take it for granted and to really make sure that the way that you are spending your life is in alignment with your highest values and that you are not just sleepwalking through your life. Yeah. And, and so again, 
that is a really powerful why. That's a powerful reason for becoming, which then informs the choices that you make and the things that you put your energy into, which has ultimately, be, you know, I think that it's this idea that it's not good enough that as founders, as kind of these, you know, sitting in a quote unquote privileged position as founders in this company, it's not good enough that we get that, but that we then are, are okay with everyone that works in our company living a life of drudgery and spending their time doing something they don't really love. Correct. And you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I remember when I first started working with my assistant, Stacy, who's now 15.5's chief of staff, there were a lot of things that A, I was not good at, and B, I really did not enjoy doing administratively. And I had a really hard time initially delegating that to anyone and then to her because I was like, wow, I, you know, I don't want to offload this burden on somebody. You know, I came to realize through the study of zone of genius and unique ability that as it turns out that everybody's kind of unique genius and perspective are different. And the things that I'm incompetent at or don't give me energy can actually be somebody else's zone of genius and the things they do exceptionally well. And I think that that's, uh, you know, it's an important frame of mind to understand that there are roles for everybody and our motivations can map differently, but we can bring those together to create a, a more cohesive whole. And so, you know, our motivation to live an extraordinary life, you know, or, or that, that's my language, you know, I, I, have a, I have a motivation to live an extraordinary life, to live a life of uncommon beauty and music and poetry and love and celebration and dancing and, you know, not compromising on spending time under the stars and in the trees and in the forest. And, you know, yesterday I, I was swimming in a ice-cold glacial runoff melt and waterfall in Mount Shasta and with, with my pregnant wife. And it was like, oh my God, this is such an exquisite moment. You know, there's nothing that can beat this. This is the two-hour detour that took to get home that, you know, made this get home a little later is so priceless. That moment of just exquisite beauty and play and, you know, being in the elements. And it was so good. And I don't want to build a career in a company where I can't do those things, where because I'm choosing to build a company that I have no ability to go play. I have no ability to actually enjoy those moments of life. And it doesn't mean that I'm, uh, you know, gallivanting across the country with no responsibilities. It's like I'm incredibly busy, but the motivation to keep those things in my life also fuels my motivation to build a company that is worthy of people giving us their full-time work because it is a lot of attention and work is becoming a bigger and bigger slice of the pie for most people's lives. And so having the motivation, the why to build extraordinary companies that people can have some of the best moments of their life at the office mm -hmm. is a big reason why we're doing what we're doing. And hopefully you can feel the the passion that we have because we're connected to that deeper why. Yeah. And we're saying, you need to find your own deeper why. You need to help your people find their deeper why. And if you can do that, it's a little scary because what if somebody finds out that they really want to be an artist? Their intrinsic motivation is to full-time swim in glacial runoffs and paint. You know, what then? Better that they go do that 
than not be giving their all in your organization. Yeah, because it, because what it does is if somebody's not actually intrinsically motivated to be in your company, they're going to be half-hearted. Exactly. They're not going to be a hundred percent committed. And and that's infectious, right? So whether someone is like passionately engaged, right? That energy is infectious. If somebody's lackluster, that energy is infectious. You don't want people who are lackluster in your company in mass, right? You want to find a way that they can shift into a role where they are passionately engaged, or maybe it makes sense for them to leave the organization. And again, going back to the first pillar that we talked about in a previous episode around psychological safety, is that most organizations are lacking in enough psychological safety where somebody can actually say, I'm not motivated. You know, like to be able to actually have that conversation of saying, yeah, I'm, I am feeling disengaged and I'm really not actually, the work I'm doing isn't connected to any of my intrinsic motivations. That is a risky conversation to have, which is why if you can have enough psychological safety in the organization, you can have that conversation and then you can actually have a breakthrough. You can look at reinventing the role. You can do some reframing around purpose and meaning for that person. You can even potentially start thinking about how to coach them out of the organization into doing something that truly does light them up. Exactly. But again, you know, I think that one of the changes here is that we're saying we're committed to you thriving as a human being more than we're committed to just keeping you at any cost. Exactly. Like we actually have your back. We have your best interest in mind and we're going to, we're going to give you more than we take and something really magical happens. And I think that's like one of the keys I was talking to a, a coach, a relationship coach, and they were saying, yeah, I mean, one of the keys to great partnership is keep giving the other person what they want. And that most people fail because, you know, it's like, oh, well, I gave them what they wanted three times and I still didn't get what I wanted. Hmm. But it's actually that fourth time, give them what they want. And that's when relationships can really blossom. That's when people can start to then be like, oh, okay, cool. I am having my needs met and now I can be generative and contribute back as well. Mm, that's, yeah, that's, that's an interesting frame. If you have a question or a topic that you'd love to hear us talk about on this show, please do email us at podcast at 15.5.com. And if it's a good suggestion, we may consider it. So wrapping up, uh, you know, kind of putting a bow on this purpose piece, you know, our purpose is to support people in being and becoming their best selves, right? We're inspired by that possibility. We derive as founders a lot of energy and passion for creating a company that does that, for doing this podcast to spread the message about what's possible when other companies adopt that mindset, for building a product that helps deliver that. And it's really the the purpose is kind of this, almost like this, this organization-wide emotional fuel that so many of our employees are drawn to the company because they also are inspired by that possibility in the world. And that's why they want to come to work for us. So having that purpose dialed in you know, again, if you haven't watched Simon Sinek's famous 15-minute uh, TED Talk, Start With Why, it's a great place to kind of get some language around this, to share with some of your peers or employees, to start thinking about how do we craft a really compelling purpose where profitability and money is important but isn't the purpose, right? It's the byproduct of really living full-heartedly around what that purpose is, what impact you're trying to have through your products and services and company that the entire company can rally around and get behind. Okay, so you have a really clear purpose as an organization. Maybe you've actually done some of your own personal purpose work. 
and you're feeling pretty intrinsically motivated around your purpose. Okay, let's talk about potential slash mastery. Yeah. I think that those are two fairly interchangeable. And so mastery, you know, is this interesting idea that whatever, you know, Abraham Maslow said, whatever a person can be, they must be. Hmm. This we call self-actualization. And so I think it's really, it's an amazing quote, and I really think it speaks to this impulse we have to become our our best selves, to really actually grow in sequential levels of development, to recognize the themes in our life that we can then turn into strengths, which we can turn into our genius. So let's let's open up that and let's talk a little bit around how we how we break that down inside of fifteen five and the things that we're doing or the things that we want to do around that. Yeah, and one other note because I think what you just said in that quote points to this universal yearning that we all have, whether we feel, you know, safe and confident enough to go and pursue it, their yearning is there. And and the way it often shows up is, you know, when people say they're going to leave a job, one of the primary reasons people leave a company is because they say, well, I feel like I'm not learning and I'm not growing anymore. I want to find another opportunity where I can grow. And so just an aside, if you're a manager or a business leader, if you're not tuned into whether your employees are having an experience where they can continue to grow, you're at risk of losing people. And I think the, the, the army borrowed from Maslow years ago in that famous campaign, Be All You Can Be, was kind of calling, pulling on that kind of heartstring of people's desire to be their best self, right? So we all have that. If you accept that there's a universal yearning for that, then, you know, how do we actually create that? And then what does it lead to? When we're having the experience of progress and moving toward mastery, we are energized by that, right? It's a self-rewarding process that keeps us motivated to do more. And it, it does require a growth mindset, and it requires a sense of that the effort I'm putting into something, even, even if I'm not doing it great at the outset, is going to yield results and positivity in the end. Okay, there's so much to say about the topic of intrinsic motivation and just that, you know, motivation in general. So we actually split this episode into two parts. So hope you enjoyed the first part and do tune in to the next episode, part two of motivation, where we're going to keep the conversation going. Thanks. A big thank you to our producer, Counter-Ray Creative, and our executive producer, David Misney, and Stacey Hurst, our guest coordinator, Please visit 155.com slash podcast. That's the number 15 and the word five. For more information on today's discussion, for additional resources and special offers. One of the easiest and highest leverage things you can do to support us in this podcast is write a review on Apple iTunes or Google Play. It really does go a long way in terms of getting the word out and more people can hear this message so that we can start a movement and truly get more and more businesses out there helping their people become their best selves. To get all the latest episodes, please subscribe to Best Self Management on iTunes or Google Play. And if you have a question or comment you'd like us to address in a future show, please email us at podcast at 15.5.com. And finally, thank you for listening to this podcast. Until next time, know that we support you in being and becoming your best self.